All right, time for a quick edition of the Prophets Picks football podcast show. It is a hump day here in the Prophets Pick Studios coming to you live from the Prophets Pick Studios forward slash media centers here in a very large town in Beaumont, Texas, but a very tiny city. Good afternoon. It is once again a Wednesday and we're at the bottom of the 4 p.m. Central Standard Time hour. As a matter of fact, it is approximately 425 p.m. Central Standard Time on a Wednesday, May the 18th, 2022, approximately 525 p.m. on the Atlantic Eastern Seaboard on the East Coast. In the Mountain Time Zone, it is 325 p.m. And on the West Coast, it is 2 25 p.m. Aloha to everyone out there in Honolulu, Hawaii, as well as Waikiki, Hawaii, and Anchorage, Alaska. This is the Prophets Picks Football Podcast Show. Atlanta Falcons post-2022 NFL Draft. Within a good 10 to 11 hours of daylight, day-to-day, there's plenty of time to get a lot done. And on today, as I try to do every day, I'm going to do my best to get a lot done. One podcast show for you today, my Atlanta Falcons roster review post-2022 NFL draft will be the topic of discussion or the subject of discussion, whichever phrase you prefer to use. But at the end of the day, going to be talking about the Falcons on today. Won't be a long podcast show. I'm going to talk about the Falcons very quickly here as I have to get out and about to try to make some extra funds for my household. And speaking of the profits picks during the regular season, I will pick the winner of all NFL games weeks one through 18, 18 weeks, 17 games during the postseason. I will pick the winner of the NFL tournament that is held every single January until Jesus cracks the sky for the rapture. I will also pick the conference championship winners, which is a part of that tournament. And then I will, of course, pick the winner of the Super Bowl. During the offseason, phases one, two, and three. The third phase, I will pick my division winners for all eight divisions, NFC and AFCs, North, South, East, and West. And last, but certainly not least, the roster cutdown show. I try to make those shows NFC and AFC only. But a lot of the times I run out of time in those shows because there are a lot of players that get cut. A lot of players jump from team to team and try to make it with one team because the team that either drafted them or in some cases picked them up in NFL free agency that happens every March of every year. Um, that team ends up not wanting them no more. And sometimes players... It's very rare, but players are traded during this period of time as well, more so than they are traded, believe it or not, in between the months of May, June, July, which is the period of month times that we are in right now. We're in that three month window, which is May, June, July. Once again, it is May the 18th and tomorrow will make it a year since we moved from Coral Springs, Florida to Beaumont, Texas, and uh, we are moving to Houston, Texas within the next uh, week or so. So 
Um, I hope everybody's preparing for Memorial Day. I've already grilled a good five, six times already. Memorial Day has not even arrived yet. Um, normally, I crank up the grill on Memorial Day that weekend, but got a little bit ahead of myself this year. Um, summertime weather outside. So um, with all of that said, going to go ahead and talk about the Falcons for a few minutes. You can catch my show um, in the following locations, and that is Twitter as well as Instagram, YouTube, Facebook Business Suites, YouTube, Facebook Business Suites, the Profits Picks Football Podcast Show. Simple as that. And then Twitter is at Profits underscore Picks with Instagram screenshots. For the most part, I'm still working on getting the actual recorded show um, link on Instagram, but that is at the Profits Picks 3180. And uh, there will be a trivia question during the show. If you have an answer to that question, when I give it, you will know it's a trivia question because I will say trivia question before I give the question. You can email the answer, theprofitspicks at gmail.com. And uh, once I get the answer to the question, I will then mail you back, let you know you're the winner. I ask you for your address, mailing PO box address or secure location. And hopefully you'll give it to me because if you do, I have some Profits Picks swag that I can mail you in a Profits Picks swag bag. Yes, sir. I am doing that. So take the time out to listen to the offseason shows. The regular season shows aren't as uh, I was getting ready to say the offseason shows are just as aren't as exciting as the regular season shows. But hey. A lot more time to talk about more topics of discussions going on in the NFL if I do choose uh, to do that. Um, All right. So, um, yeah, it is once again Wednesday and I am in phase two of the offseason slate of shows. Phase one is completed about a month and a half ago, and that was the season review shows. I went over all 32 teams season, whether they won the Super Bowl or lost it or whether they made it to the postseason or not. And um, I gave you all 32 teams season in one show in a nutshell from beginning to end, kind of summarized everything up. Uh, Most teams I talked about from beginning to end. Um, Some teams I just highlighted the most important parts of the season. Um, Teams like the Raiders, for example. Um, teams like my Miami Dolphins highlighting the most important situations that happen during the season as well as the offseason because the roster review shows which is what I am doing right now this is the most important okay this is the most important part of the offseason and the reason why this is the most important part of the offseason with the roster review shows um, is because at the end of the day, um, this is when you build your Super Bowl championship roster. You build it in March, you build it in May, and you build it in April, at the end of April during the draft. The reason why I say May is because 15 undrafted rookie free agents, players that weren't drafted, they are signed by all 32 NFL teams. And uh, for the most part, Um, Mostly every single NFL team has either signed their players that they drafted 
plus 15 more players that weren't drafted. At least 15. It could be 15 or less, but for the most part, players that don't get drafted, um, they have the opportunity to choose where they want to start their NFL career. There's no guarantee that they're going to finish it there, but it's where they started at. And um, you can always go back to this portion of my podcast show, The Offseason, after a season is played. For example, we just completed the 2021 season a few months ago, and you can always go back to the regular season to hear me talk about the Rams and hear me talk about the Bengals. You can hear me talk truthfully about these teams and you can kind of gauge whether or not I had a feeling if either one of those teams are going to be in the Super Bowl. And I can tell you now that, hey, I picked the Buccaneers and the Chiefs to be back in the Super Bowl. I honestly did. I did. And uh, I was flat out dead wrong. <laughs> so, um, but Buccaneers and the Chiefs, they both played deep into the postseason. Chiefs made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. They hosted it at home for the second time in as many years. And they lost it at home for the second time in as many years. The first time they lost it was against the uh, Patriots and Brady. And then, of course, we know the Buccaneers lost to the Rams. And uh, they almost won it in comeback fashion. And if they had won that game in comeback fashion, that game would have been hosted in Tampa Bay for, I believe, the first time ever. The NFC Championship game would have been in Tampa Bay. So that would have been an interesting sight. Uh, Conference Championship game in Kansas City. Conference Championship game in Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay lose, beg your pardon, Tampa Bay more than likely probably would have won against the 49ers. But um, if the 49ers made it that far, I do not think that the, uh, which the 49ers did make it that far, I don't think that they would have beat the Buccaneers. It would have, quite frankly, would have been a toss up. We know the Bengals beat the Chiefs flat out. They beat them in the regular season. They beat them in the conference championship game, the most important game of both of their seasons. Um, 49ers and Buccaneers, though, that's another story. That would have been a toss-up, especially with the way that Brady and company came back, came roaring back in that uh, divisional playoff round game, a game that they should have lost embarrassingly, but they only lost basically because of a missed field goal. So um, that was the most exciting game up into uh, the Super Bowl game that was played. Um, And... Before that game was played, we all know the most exciting game before that game was the um, Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. Um, no, but no doubt about that. That was the most exciting game of the entire postseason. If we would rank them, that would be first. Rams and Bucks would be second. And then uh, 49ers and Rams Conference Championship game would be third. And quite frankly, the Super Bowl would have to be above all of those. But then again, who's to say that that is the truth? we can easily put the Super Bowl fourth on that list. Okay, yeah, it was exciting and all of that, but Bills Chiefs, that is literally one of the greatest playoff games of all time. All right. I'm going to grade the quarterback classroom, running back classroom. I'm going to grade every single positional classroom for the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, once I have graded every single position of classroom, I will grade the offense as a whole. I will grade the 
defense as a whole after I grade every one of those uh, positions on the Falcons defense. And at the end of the day, um, I will grade the defense as a whole. I'll grade the offense as a whole for my Atlanta Falcons. And after I do that, that's it. I will grade the team as a whole and the show will be over. Um, At the end of the day, I have not given a single NFL team the grading of an F. Quite frankly, I have not given a single NFL team a grading of a D um, yet, or not even a D minus, I should say. And uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure there are teams that fall in that failure category when you grade their rosters post-2022 NFL draft, the rosters as they stand right now. But um, in all honesty, every single one of these shows, I'm grading teams off of the talent that I see on each and every roster. I'm grading these teams off of pure talent, Some of the teams, I'm grading them on name recognition, players that we know by their name. Like, for example, Tony Gonzalez. Oh, we know who Tony Gonzalez is. And I'm grading them off of players that was drafted that we know about. This draft really was not a big-time name-recognizable NFL draft, um, especially when it came to the quarterbacks. But it was, in fact, a wide receiver, rich, deep draft, like super deep, deeper than last year. Um, And at the end of the day, um, in about one season, two season, three seasons, we are going to know who a lot of these guys are wide receiver wise. We're going to know who they are because some of these guys are going to make a name for themselves this year and they're going to piggyback off of what they did in 2022 and become even better in 2023. So the purpose, again, of this show is to basically give you my two cents worth of where the Falcons stand right now as their roster sits on a Wednesday, May the 18th, 2022. Because look, at the end of the day, the roster is going to change. It's going to change again before we even end preseason. Rosters are going to evolve. They're going to develop. They're going to get better. Players are going to get cut. They're going to go to other teams in the division. They're going to go to teams in the opposite conference. It's all about survival. It's all about keeping, getting and keeping a job. And Falcons no longer have Matt Ryan. That was the biggest thing that happened. Falcons was a part of a few teams that was after now Cleveland Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson. And Matt Ryan said, okay, I would like to be traded now. You do not appreciate what I've done these last 13, 14 seasons. I took you guys to a Super Bowl. Yes, the defense. I was a part of the the failed Super Bowl victory, but the defense also could not hold the lead. Defense wins championships. And I blame, not Matt Ryan, but I do in fact blame the defense of the Atlanta Falcons. And I also blame... Dan Quinn, how do you have a uh, head coach that 
is a defensive coordinator and he cannot stop Tom Brady. Other teams have been able to stop Tom Brady in the postseason. Conference championship games, Broncos. Conference championship games, Colts. Conference, uh, Super Bowls, New York football giants. Other teams have been able to stop Tom Brady. Why Dan Quinn was not able to do so. Ultimately, he deserves all of the blame. Not even a general manager, Dan Quinn and the coaching staff. The defense that is constructed, it is known to fail. And it will eventually fail. That defense is not a great defense. At the end of the day, it is going to fail. And at the end of the day, there's going to be enough film, enough tape out there for Dan Quinn's defense while he's with the Dallas Cowboys. And history will show that that defense eventually is not going to work out. Eventually, it's going to have to get changed, which will probably unfortunately mean changing the defensive coordinator. So Dallas Cowboys fans, you heard it here first during the offseason. All right. So at the end of the day, just something to think about for Dallas Cowboys fans It's really something for you all to think about. Um so the Atlanta Falcons, the biggest thing that happened for them was no Matt Ryan for the remainder of his NFL career. He will finish his NFL career. Um, as of right now, he will finish it with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to be honest. I was very upset when he was drafted, when he was traded to the Indianapolis Colts. But um, at the end of the day, look, I would ask to be traded too. I'm not going to lie, especially with the situation that Deshaun Watson is in. You ask for this guy and you have me. Now, normally what happens? NFL franchises go into the NFL draft. They look for their Russell Wilson in the third round. They look for their Dak Prescott in the fourth round. If they don't see that guy, then they look for their next Peyton Manning in the first round. All right. That's what they look for. That's what they look for. And um, a lot of the times, if they do not get their quarterback in the first round, if they do not get their quarterback in the NFL draft, then at the end of the day, um, they got to hold on to that franchise quarterback for at least one more year. And they got to see if they can find that quarterback via the first round of the draft the following year or in free agency. That's what they got to figure out. That's what they got to do. So what the Falcons did, they said to themselves, they are going to do everything that they can to get Deshaun Watson and it didn't work out that turned up making Matt Ryan extremely upset and uh he handled it like a pro he handled it like a pro's pro took care of his business and got traded to the Indianapolis Colts so what's going on with Falcons. Well, I'll tell you what's going on with them. quarterback classroom 
looks like this. The Falcons have Felipe Franks, draft pick from last year from the University of Arkansas, 6'6", 234. And actually, I think he was an undrafted free rookie free agent. Marcus Mariota was scooped up in free agency. He was basically a last minute ditch effort for a veteran quarterback. And he was drafted by the Tennessee Titans to be their franchise guy, which he was that for about four or five seasons. And then former franchise quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill, came and boom, unseated Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was then a backup for the Raiders for the last few seasons. And um, here we are. Here we are. With your Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota. Quarterback classroom with the addition of Desmond Ritter from University of Cincinnati. With the um, Atlanta Falcons, we now have what you call a quarterback classroom, which basically is not proven. We know what Marcus Mariota can do. We know what he is and who he is. But the question is, has he been placed in the best position to be a successful quarterback since being drafted to Tennessee? That's the question. And the Titans drafted him to do just that. Marcus Mariota and the Titans were in the postseason at one point in time against Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs. And... At the end of the day, Kansas City Chiefs, Marcus Mariota, they went to war. Now, Tennessee Titans, you can almost argue that they gave up on Marcus Mariota, especially when Ryan Tannehill came in and did what they needed him to do. And, um... The Tennessee Titans allowed Arthur Smith to join the Atlanta Falcons as the Atlanta Falcons' new head coach. Arthur Smith had his first year as an NFL head coach. And the NFL, as I always say, everything is ties. Circle of life, tree of life, Lion King, right? So what would I grade my Falcons quarterback classroom as of right now? I have to give them a C-. minus. We're only grading Desmond Ritter on what he can possibly do, what we dream of him doing. We don't know what he can do in the NFL. We haven't seen what he can do yet. Felipe Frank, same thing. He's a prototypical 6'6", 234, old school, um, rocket arm quarterback. But will he get an opportunity to shine? Marcus Mariota, we know what he is. It's a C-minus quarterback classroom. And I'm going to be hard on my favorite team. It's supposed to be a bias. It's supposed to be non-bias, right? Well, it's a non-bias, but it's a very hard-scoring non-bias for my Atlanta Falcons because these are my Falcons. And at the end of the day, I'm just really questioning what they do. We know the change was going to happen. We know the change was going to come for the Atlanta Falcons. It comes for every single NFL franchise, right? 
So, at the end of the day, um, here's the bottom line. Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. They are, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They are in serious trouble. Arthur Blank, is he going to be able to be patient for this rebuild? Because the Falcons may be worse than it was last year. There's, you, you have no idea what's going to happen with the Atlanta Falcons this season. In the quarterback classroom is the number one reason why. Number one reason why. All right. C minus for my Atlanta Falcons classroom. And with that being said, let's look at the running backs. Running backs for the Atlanta Falcons, they are as follows. See here. Uh, so Tyler Algier, rookie running back from the University of BYU. He was drafted by the Falcons um, last month in April. Caleb Huntley joined the Falcons. Uh, he's been in the league only one year. Ball State. He was a, a rookie last year. Quadri Olison, O L L I S O N, from the University of Pittsburgh. He's been in the league four years already. He's been whiffed in back and forth with the Atlanta Falcons. Cordero Patterson from Tennessee. He's going into his 10th season. He was the Atlanta Falcons slash type of player, wide receiver, and running back. And then Damian Williams, Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs in Miami Gardens, Florida. Um, I believe it was right before the pandemic. And uh, with Cordero Patterson, his explosiveness, what he's capable of doing... He is a borderline B-minus player, but I have to give him a C-plus because of his age, and it's another year of wear and tear on the body from the NFL. Damian Williams, he took COVID-19 off, and then he tried to bounce back last year. Um, he's now went from the Bears to now the Falcons. He's never been really a number one starting running back. He's always been a guy that shared the load. Um, Quadri. Allison was a beast for Pittsburgh in college, but that was college. What have you done for me in the NFL? Algier and Huntley unproven commodities. One's a rookie, one is a one-year veteran. Who's going to win the majority of those carries? And all of this always boils down to how many or should not how many, or should I say how good is the offensive line going to block? That's what that always boils down to. What's going to happen with the O-line, right? That's what it always boils down to. What's going to happen with the offensive line? If the offensive line does its job as blocking and um, run blocking and pass blocking, then at the end of the day, that's going to make all of the... Um, that's going to make all of the rest of the offense a whole lot better. Bottom line, 
All right. At the end of the day, what can I give this running back classroom of the Atlanta Falcons? I can only give them a C plus. C plus. C minus quarterback classroom, C plus running back classroom. Wide receivers, Geronimo Allison was picked up right at the tail end of this past weekend, this past Sunday. He was picked up. Formerly of the Green Bay Packers, he played with the Detroit Lions most recently. Falcons traded for Brian Edwards. Went into year number three from South Carolina University. Traded for him from the Raiders. Do you think that Marcus Mariota had anything to do with that? It's just a thought. And the reason why I say that is because Marcus Mariota with the Raiders. Edwards was with the Raiders last year. And Edwards was one of the better receivers, especially after Henry Ruggs III threw his life away and murdered a young lady the week of Thanksgiving, literally a few days before Thanksgiving. Auden Tate is a big body wide receiver. He has talent. He's from the University of Florida State, 6'5", 228. He's formerly of the Bengals. He could not get up the uh, talent roster when it came to the Bengals. The Bengals just had so many other wide receivers that were better than him in front of him. He also battled injuries as well. Um, Alamedi Zacchaeus is a scat back speedster. And some of these guys, they're draft picks from the former regime. And former general manager, Thomas Dimitrov. That's why, till this day, I argue, every general manager makes their mistakes when it comes to drafting. But if your team is not successful, you're not going to get credit for those players that you did indeed draft and they turned out good. I'm going to give you your credit, Dimitrov. And if I'm not mistaken, Zacchaeus was drafted by Dimitrov's regime. That was a good pick. He's still in the NFL. And if he's not on the roster of the Falcons, he is still producing in the NFL. Bottom line, Demir Bird has been around the NFL. He's going into a seven year. He's basically Zacchaeus, but a little bit faster. Same height, basically same body size, body type. That scat back type of guy. First on draft pick wide receiver, Drake London. 6'4", 213 from USC. Everyone raves about this guy. Um, Drake London, a rookie wide receiver taken in the first round by the Falcons. Falcons also have a few other rookies on their roster when it comes to the wide receiver room. I want to mention before I go on to the tight ends, Codrell Hodge, formerly of the Rams, and he's been hanging around. Also to mention that the Falcons released Calvin Ridley. He gambled during a getting away from the NFL, taking a mental break. And while he was on a mental break, he did gamble on the NFL, he was also suspended for a year, and uh, he was taking time off, mental break, wanted to get mentally better. He was on his way to being the next great Alabama wide receiver. He played with Julio Jones for a few years. He did one of those sports betting apps, and uh, 
he got rung up for it, and he's going to be out for the entire season instead of just getting six games or eight games. Um, he already had enough problems to deal with, and he was he was on his way to being to being a great wide receiver. And just when he was on his way to being a great wide receiver, he ran into whatever issues he ran into, and then he made his life worse when he gambled on the NFL during the regular season while he was supposedly on um, some type of a leave there. And uh, at the end of the day, um, his career basically is derailed. Yet another great Alabama wide receiver um, that made a bad decision last year. Fortunately for Calvin Ridley, he can bounce back. Henry Ruggs III, he's not getting out of jail anytime soon. Different situations, but both careers derailed by dumb decisions. All right. Wide receiver classroom, if it had Calvin Ridley III, um, would have been an A-plus with Calvin Ridley. Drake London, I'm just going to grade these guys off of talent and potential with London Edwards and Geronimo Allison. He did do something with Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. He did something. But because he had Jordy Nelson and guys like that ahead of him, he was not able to do it on a consistent basis. And let's not forget Devontae Adams, okay? Um, so I'm going to give them wide receivers uh, a C plus. So right now, this offense is grading out to be a C minus. Tight ends and offensive line, and then we'll grade the offense, and then we'll go over to defense. Tight, excuse me, tight ends. Anthony Furtzker, formerly of the Tennessee Titans. I told you guys before, players leave Tennessee, they go to Atlanta. It's a straight shot. Players leave Atlanta, go to Nashville, Tennessee. It's a straight shot. Travel arrangement-wise, whether you're on the road or in the air. It's a straight shot. It's not a long flight. You're still close to home, whichever team you used to play for. And um, it's only an hour flight, if that. Um, I think it's, I don't know how long of a drive it is, to be perfectly honest with you, but I do know that the flight is a very short one from Atlanta to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, So at the end of the day, a lot of players formally of both of these teams, they either go from one team to the next during the offseason or during the regular season. And to be specific, it is a drive that you had north-northwest three hours and 46 minutes. So it's a four-hour drive. And if it's only a three-and-a-half-hour drive, uh, flight time, it is basically one hour non-stop one hour five minutes so there you have it a lot of players when their career is done with nashville they head to my they head to atlanta when their career is done in atlanta they head to nashville tennessee it's just how it is it always has been that way and it's going to continue to be that way as long as the titans are in nashville as long as the falcons are in atlanta all right tight ends John Fitzpatrick, rookie from Georgia. Finally, the Falcons are drafting players from Athens, Georgia. And we got Cal Pitts from last year. He's an A-plus tight end, in-line, new generation type of tight end that like Darren Waller, like Rob Gronkowski, like uh, Travis Kelsey as well. These other guys, I have no idea who they are. Parker Hesse, uh, Brayton Linnaeus from Washington University. John Rain 
cool name, 61230. He's an H-back. He could probably be a fullback. He has a fullback jersey number 41, but is listed as a tight end, Northwestern University. And speaking of fullbacks, the Falcons actually do have a fullback. It's former fullback for the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely, I know he was with the Dallas Cowboys. His name is Keith Smith, 6 feet 240, San Jose State. He's going to year number nine. Tight ends, fullbacks get a grade of a B plus. Why? You got Fertzker, who's highly underrated. You have the rookie from Georgia, who is highly underrated as well. Trust me, he's going to be a good one. And then you have an A+. The better the grade is, the better it makes the rest of the players in that classroom, with the exception of your other position classroom, tight end classrooms with the fullbacks worked out pretty well for the Falcons on this Wednesday late afternoon, early evening at the 5 o'clock hour here at the Prophets Fix Football Podcast Show. I started this show at the bottom of the 4.30 Central Standard Time hour. And the offensive line, Jake Matthews, A-plus player, already going into year number nine. Jesus, time flies by. Man, I tell you, when you're not having fun and when you're having fun in life. Caleb McGarry, tackle, 6'6", 306. University of Washington. He is a C-plus player. Offensive tackle Elijah Wilkinson on the offensive line as well. And then the Falcons have two rookies, Frable from Boston, from Boston College and Watson from Texas San Antonio. And then listed as just simple offensive linemen, meaning they can basically be swung around. They're very versatile to play in multiple offensive line positions. You got Rick Leonard, from Florida State, 6'7", 3'11". You got Jermaine Fetty, formerly of the Bears. Leonard is formerly of the Commanders. Um, didn't play a lot, though. Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. Um, to uh, mention a few others, Kobe Gossett um, going into year number three, formerly of the Browns, Matt Hennessy. I think the Falcons have a good offensive line group here that can gel, mesh, and uh, coordinate together. They'll, they can find the cohesiveness that they need to be successful. Chris Lindstrom, Justin Schaefer is a rookie from Georgia. Finally, the Falcons drafting guys from Georgia. Um, whether they're drafted him or undrafted rookie free agents, they're getting these guys from Georgia. Thank you. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, um, as I forestated, uh, he was a draft pick for the Falcons a few seasons ago. And uh, yeah, that's basically it for that offensive line. With the names that I mentioned, I know these guys better than you, you guys do. You do have a couple of guys that are A-plus players on that offensive line. Matthews, Bloodlines, generational type of player to mention to be one. Um, Got to give this offensive line a B-minus for now. The offense for the Falcons, C-plus. They had too many positions that ended up being graded out with a C-minus or a C overall. So it doesn't work out for them. Former Patriot. Nick Thurman is now on the Falcons' defensive line. I'm very happy to hear that. Whenever the Falcons get a former New England Patriot, it can only help them. Um, Grady Jarrett, already been in the league now eight years. This is the reason why it was so important for the Falcons to win the Super Bowl when they did. Your NFL life flashes before you as a vapor. I can remember when Grady Jarrett was drafted from the University of Clemson. And it's really hard for me to believe that he's about to embark upon his eighth season 
and he's looking to be in double-digit years in two more seasons. It's even scary how fast time goes by. I would have never known or realized that he's been in a league eight seasons already. It's unfathomable how long he's been in the league already. John Kaminsky, he has hung around, proven his worth. Where's jersey number 50 is the defensive lineman, 6'5", 285. Charleston University, that's in West Virginia. And then we have Timothy Horn. He's a rookie from Kansas State. We got uh, Bryce Rogers is a rookie. Falcons have a few rookies at defensive line. Question is, what type of defense are they going to run? Vincent Taylor, former Houston Texan, has joined the Falcons, as well as Anthony Rush, yet another former Las Vegas Raider. Rashawn Coward as well. Started his career on the O-line. He's on the D-line now. This D-line for the Atlanta Falcons, all because of Grady Jarrett and Nick Thurman, ladies and gents. This D-line gets... And the rookie draft pick, the hope, the talent, the potential. This defensive line gets an A-. Linebackers for your and my Atlanta Falcons. Thinking they're going to run a 34. They ran a 34 last year, basically base defense. Hopefully they'll stay in that. Rashawn Evans, another former Alabama Crimson Tide, another former Tennessee Titan. Deion Jones. I can stop with Evans and Jones. Both of these players are A-plus linebackers. I can stop with those guys. Linebacking classroom is an A-plus. But I'm going to go further. Why? Because within the last few days, the Falcons have picked up Nick Kakowski, another former Raider. Players from Las Vegas making a beeline to Atlanta, man. Um, Jordan Brailford, formerly of the Washington Commanders. Lorenzo Carter, formerly of the uh, New York G-Men. Rashawn Smith, that linebacker as well, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles. NFC East players making a beeline to Atlanta. This linebacking classroom with the leadership and the expectations that Deion Jones and Rashawn Evans is going to shell out, as well as Nick Kakowski. This linebacking classroom is an A+. Lorenzo Carter, going into your number five from University of Georgia, he is no pushover. He has talent. He can play. They got a few rookies as well, they being the Atlanta Falcons in the inside linebacker classroom as well as the outside linebacker classroom. Linebacker classroom is an A+, inside and outside, plus the edge rushers. All right, cornerbacks, defensive back safeties, and then the show is done. Once again, Falcons offense is a C. All right, cornerback Darren Hall, Matt Hankins is a rookie. Casey Hayward going into your number 11. I remember when you... Green Bay Packers brought him into the league. He's still hanging around. Tease Tabor from the University of Florida. A.J. Terrell, Clemson, high draft pick a few years ago. Avery Williams, Boise State, going into year number two. Isaiah Oliver, he was a Dimitrov draft pick from the University of Colorado. And um, formerly of Houston, a DB, Cornell Armstrong. By the way, the cornerbacks are a... A gifted B plus with Terrell, Tabor, Oliver, and Hayward. That's being very generous on a Wednesday afternoon here in the Prophets Pick Studios. 
Mike Ford, formerly the Detroit Lions, is an okay player. Corey Ballantyne, yet another former New York football giant. Cornell Armstrong, formerly the Houston Texans. These are DBs, guys that can play. And I talked a little bit about this yesterday. As a quarterback, not quarterback, quarterback leading the football team, passing the football, but quarterback in the quarters defense. As three defensive linemen, one linebacker, and the rest of the defensive players are corners, safeties, and defensive backs, period, in the discussion. They can play anywhere. They can play in a slot. They can play a nickel. They can play quarter. They can play dime. They can play safety, free, strong, or cornerback. The Alford, Cornell Armstrong, Corey Ballantyne, Mike Ford, and Lafayette Pitts, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. Cornerbacks, again, they get a very generous B+. The DBs get a C-. Free safety Dean Marlowe, formerly of your Buffalo Bills, and strong safeties. Dean Marlowe is the only free safety on the roster, by the way. Jalen Hawkins was a draft pick for the Falcons last year. So was Richie Grant from UCF. Mr. Arthur Smith, first draft, uh, first NFL draft. Eric Harris, formerly of, yes, you guessed it, the Raiders. A lot of former Raiders on this football team. Safeties, whether they're DBs, free safeties, or strong safeties, I have to give these guys a C+. Cornerbacks, I have to give them a generous B+. Defensive line, I got to give these guys an A. Linebackers, I got to give these guys an A. Defense, believe it or not, maxes out to be a generous B-. Defense, B-. Offense is a C-. What does that grade the Atlanta Falcons as a team out to be? You're only as good as your other unit on the team. And the Atlanta Falcons right now is in the category with all of the other C teams. Unfortunately for me, unfortunately for the rest of you Atlanta Falcons fans out there, this has been the Prophets Picks football podcast. Atlanta Falcons post 2022 draft. Atlanta Falcons roster post 2022 NFL draft. Everybody stay safe out there. Continue to wear your mask. Be vigilant and stay prayed up. Tomorrow, if I have time to do a podcast show, I will. If I don't, I won't. Most likely, I won't. If I make a podcast show on tomorrow, it's because I made time to make one. Um... Got to get out in these streets and find some extra funds. It's the life that I'm in right now, and I enjoy it. Everybody stay safe out there, and I hope you enjoy Falcons post-2022 NFL Draft. The Atlanta Falcons roster post-2022 NFL Draft 1.